Welcome to the Never Stop Getting It podcast, where we take your mind out of reality and have a little fun with life. Here's your hosts, Steve Giroux, Scott Bailey, and John Osimo. All right, everybody. Another installment and Never Stop Getting podcast. It's going to be a good one. Today, we bring back a special friend of the podcast, Mr. Todd Sivin. But before I introduce everybody, we're going to have our ceremonial, ceremonial shot. <laughs> Here we go, I don't, want, I don't want to mess up the name again. All right. Salute. Well, Salute. we might as well say this is uh, for Rick Hoyt, right? Yeah, for Rick Hoyt. It's L'chaim. Absolutely. All right. So like I was saying earlier, we have Todd sitting in the studio, and he wants to share some stories of his good friend, Rick Hoyt. And uh, yeah, we're going to have a blast with it. So John Scott, before we dive into this, how you guys doing? I am doing marvelous. Thank you, uh, Steve. It's been a little while since we've all been together, so... I always love seeing you guys, and uh, when it comes to having a guest like Todd, it can't be better than that, because when it comes to stories, Todd can tell some stories, and we're going to hear some today. So, Scott, how you doing? We are going to hear some great stories. Um, it's unfortunate what happened, but Todd will put a, uh, a, a, a I don't want to say a good spin on it, because there's no, there is no good. We did lose lose a great guy, and Todd will get into that. Um world known i would say um but we're excited to to have him here it's always a pleasure to see him and listen to him and 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 joke and laugh and he's like one of the boys so it's good it's almost almost as good as having dr ddt whoa whoa but just right there oh like todd's definitely my one a one yeah unbelievable oh my god one and one a it's almost like uh jason tatum and jalen brown one don't want to talk about that yeah we're not going to talk about that right now well i just had to bring it up one one a i just made me think of that why is todd choking right now no okay (laughs) all right so without further ado mr todd Sivin, how you doing today i'm good i want to know has anybody else besides you three been on the show three times hmm that's a negative. No, it's no, a no, negative. Okay, no, yeah, so yeah. nope. Tell me which one was one and which one is one A. Mm. Sorry, just saying. Well, Doctor DDT because he has the uh, the wrestling background, yeah. and he's actually come on oh. trips. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. he has me. We got to get you. We got to get you on the road with us. Yeah. Oh, I would uh, do that. I'm not sure if you're ready for that. On the road again. Uh, yeah, uh, DDT has me. Dare I say, trumped. Yeah, yeah. Dare I say that? I probably amongst you guys, I do. Yeah. Right? Not you. You can say it. Yeah, no, not, not you. Not yeah. you. Okay. Just <laughs> go in there. Yeah. Um, go there. It's, go fine. Deep. it's fine though. Oh, dead air. <laughs> what happened there? We <laughs> looked at each other. Steve okay. said, "Go it's deep," like, and, go. Was, and you're like, yeah. "No, I can go." I said, "Go there. deep," and I looked up at Scott. Yeah, he just shook his head. Yeah, got it. I think yes. he was going in for a kiss because we're yeah. sharing the mic. So I think he was getting close. So Rick White. Um, I hope everybody knows who he is. Um, Rick Hoyt, um, passed away yesterday morning. Um, for those who don't know Rick, Rick is one half of the father son, the late father son duo known as Team Hoyt. Mm-hmm. And they're the, um, pioneers of the assisted running movement. Um, Dick and Rick ran over 1100 competitive races and 32 Boston marathons, despite the fact that Rick was born a spastic quadriplegic with cerebral palsy in January of 1962. Never uttered a verbal word. Um, he's nonverbal. Um, couldn't, couldn't control his limbs. And yet he's considered one of the greatest athletes of all time. He and um, Dick were voted on Sports Illustrated's, I believe they were the 25th and 26th greatest athletes of all times, despite the fact Rick's feet have never touched the ground, uh, which is good. His sneakers never wore out, he used to tell me. (laughs) Um, But uh, Dick passed away on March 17th, 2020 at the age of 81, I believe, or 80 maybe. And Rick passed away yesterday at the age of 61. Wow. 
Yeah. Oh, you can say something? No, go ahead. So, Dick and Rick, they, they were obviously known for the Boston Marathon and things of that nature. And if I'm not mistaken, you also wrote a book about the Hoyts. And what was the name of that title? Well, it was, I, I say I wrote it, but I give Rick credit for writing it. The book is called One Letter at a Time. Right. And let me explain why that is titled in that manner. Perfect. Because it, you said Rick told you this, so I'm wondering how long it took him to tell you. Oh. But yes. All right. Get ready for this. Okay. <laughs> As I said, Rick is nonverbal. Now, he can speak through a computer, but the way the computer works is it. Um, um, Rick can only control the side of his head. So... You know, a lot of times people use computers and they can use a foot pedal or they can use a hand to select letters. But because Rick was spastic, they found that the only thing he could confidently control is the side of his head. So when he would use a computer, if letters came across the screen, when he would get to the proper letter, he would tap a lever with a side of his head and select that, um, that letter. But the way he spoke, I mean, the computer is not conducive to you and I having a conversation. So when Rick would speak, he used what was called the Russell method. Now, Russell was his brother. So they devised a method of communication in which they divided the alphabet into five parts based on the vowels, A-E-I-O-U. So if Rick was going to say the name Steve he would make a slight motion to let me know he wanted to spell out something. And I would say, Rick, is it an A, an E, an I, an O? He'd nod slightly at O. And I'd ask O by itself. He'd nod no. P, Q, R, S. He'd nod yes. So I would write down the letter S. Now, if you think about that, our book is 300 pages long. One letter just took us 30 seconds. One word takes us about three minutes. One sentence takes us about 12 minutes. One paragraph, one page, one chapter, 300 pages. The book took us about three years to put together. And what's really interesting is the Hoyt's motto is, yes, you can, no matter what challenge is presented to you, if you put your mind to it and you persevere, yes, you can do it. I wear their tattoo on my back. It's a picture of the Hoyts running and it says, yes, you can. So many times during the three-year period that we were writing the book, I got really busy and I'd say to Rick, hey, Rick, I can't do this. My, my schedule is too full. And Rick would say, okay, and I'd hang up the phone, and I'd say, what is your problem, dude? <laughs> Their motto is, yes, you can. Yeah, this yeah. guy yeah. cannot walk, talk, move his limbs controlled, and he doesn't quit. And yet you make the decision to give up on it. So I'd call him back, and I'd say, Rick, I don't know what I'm doing, man. Yes, I can. Right. So we persevered and we wrote one letter at a time, one letter at a time. Um, the book is amazing. Um, not because I had anything to do with, up, with it, but because it tells the behind the scenes story of Dick and Rick. There's a chapter in there by his third grade art teacher. She wrote a chapter. His speech pathologist wrote a chapter. His brothers wrote a chapter. So it's, you know, Dick had, Dick, who was his father, had written a couple books. And those are the stories from, from Dick's perspective. One Letter at a Time was told through Rick's perspective as well as those people that he impacted. Right. So it's, you know, I say it's a bestseller. Not in... um quantity of books sold but in my mind it's a um it's a must read more than a bestseller it's really um tells the story of this amazing duo right. 
Yeah, it's it's a world renowned story that has been told out there time and time again. And obviously, you being here with us today, we are so appreciative because that's what we're all about here is never stop getting it. And when it comes to Dick and Rick Hoyt, both never stop getting it. That's what we're trying to do here. And so thank you for sharing your stories with us. And, uh, we, you know, we appreciate that. So I have uh, a, a, a quick question, though, as far as when it comes to, you know, Rick just passed and then uh, Dick had passed um, a couple years ago, I think you had mentioned. And, and how, you know, their connection was so strong that uh, what do you think? happened there once uh if if dick passed away and is is there any anything you think that would have happened as far as the connection between those two because i know now or you know rick is gone and 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 how do you think that happened as far as like why um so soon do you think a rick passed because uh, you know you they they were just so connected for so long yeah great question um I'm going to take it back to when their running career started. Dick was not a runner. He was he he ran a few times a week. He was a um, let me think this through. He was a colonel in the National Guard, and so he was in he was in good shape, but he was not a runner. And Rick again in a wheelchair. Now again, this was the precursor to running chairs. There was no such thing as a running chair. Rick came home from school one day, and a f- kid at their school was in a – he was a lacrosse player, and he had gotten in a car accident. So they had a five-mile race for him in Westfield, Massachusetts, to to raise funds for the for the guy who was in the, in the accident. And Rick said to his dad, Dad, there's going to be a five-mile race. Will you push me in the race? Again, I'm going to reiterate, no running chairs. This is a regular, it was called a Mulholland wheelchair, which if you guys think of the original wheelchair that you would buy from the CVS store, it's that wheelchair. Dick was not a runner, but I want you to think of this story as a father. How many times does our kids, do our kids say to us, dad, will you throw the baseball? And we go, you know what? I'm watching the news. I just got home from work. I can't do it. I'm busy. Go away, kid. You bother me. But Dick didn't do that. He said, yes, you can. Or yes, I can. So Dick made the conscious decision to push his son in a wheelchair, despite the fact that it had never been done before. And the race wasn't a 5K. The race was a five-mile the brothers, Rick's brothers, Russ and Rob, who are still very um, – Russ is now the chairman of the Hoyt Foundation. So they picked up where dad left off and they carry on the foundation hopefully forever because it it helps people with disabilities. They, um, they assumed that Dick was going to push him to the corner of the street and then turn around, but he didn't. He pushed them all five miles. They came in next to the last, but they never came in last. That was one of their credos is, you know, we might have come in next to the last, but we never came in last. So, and that started their running career. Um, Rick said to his dad, now think what a powerful statement this is. Rick said to his dad, dad, when I'm running, it feels like my disability goes away. Now, this is not a man who is partially disabled. This is a man who is severely disabled. And yet when he's participating in athletic competition, he feels as if he's not disabled. Mm. To get back to your answer. (laughs) um, That's deep. That's a powerful statement. It's powerful. They're highly connected. You know, I I don't know how, none of us know how it all works. But I would think that to a certain point when Dick died, part of Rick died as well. And I'm going to add a little piece to this story that a lot of people don't know. When Dick got to the point that he could no longer compete 
Because, I mean, the man was 81 years old when he died. I'm going to cry. He passed the torch to a gentleman named Brian Lyons. Brian Lyons was a dentist from Methuen, Mass., and um, had run with the Hoyt Marathon team for many years. Um, Brian, I was gonna, I would say, was in his late thirties or early forties. Um, so Brian was handed the honor of being the predecessor to Dick Hoyt, and Brian died unexpectedly um, at the age of forty. Um, of, I don't know what, of, of, of a heart issue, I believe. So Rick not only lost his dad, but he lost the guy who was supposed to kind of take his dad's place. Mm. Um, as you guys know, when I get on these podcasts, I try to bring humor. (laughs) Uh, this is not really a humor thing, but I want you to take solace in hearing this. Rick right now is up in heaven getting pushed across the finish line by not only his dad, but by Brian. And that's what we should take out of this. Let's not feel sad. Let's realize that what they did drastically impacted the world. Every time you see, I mean, think this through, the running chair did not exist So not only in the world of the disabled, but perhaps every time you see a mother or a father pushing their child in a running chair, Mm. that didn't exist. Like it hadn't been, it hadn't been conceptualized. So because of these two gentlemen, the whole world theoretically changed. Right. Um, I don't know if I've ever answered your no, question. No, I know. I, I, you, it's you, huge. You, you did. You did answer the question. And it, the connection and the bond is remarkable. And I think that's something that we should think about with regard to the whole situation. And, and again, you're you're uh, making a great analogy as far as what, what uh, Rick and Dick Hoyt did for the entire world. Because you really put into focus what disability means and what it doesn't mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it changes the way we think about disability and about people who need help. And, and honestly, when you have Rick and Dick out there doing what they did, that is something to be revered. And it's not just here in the state of Massachusetts, in our small towns and in Boston and it's that it goes worldwide and when that happens, we have to celebrate that. As much as we are sad for Rick passing, Dick passing a few years ago, we can at least appreciate what they did for us and for those who came, who are going to come after them. So that's what's so important here. And I, and I appreciate the story because honestly, it is so powerful and so moving. And, and I'm going to take it a step further, if I may. Um, the assisted running movement or disability acceptance is much further along in this country than it is in many countries. When Dick and Rick ran in Japan, um, they launched a movement there. Um, interesting story. Every year in Holland, Mass., where Dick and Rick lived, um, we had an event called Hoida Palooza, and they would have a barbecue at Dick and uh, Rick Dick's house, and they would run in the Holland 5K race in Holland, Massachusetts. And disability, uh, let me rephrase it: athletes with disabilities, because it's it's. You don't do disability first. The way we speak now and, you know, political correctness is is out of control, but I value this one. You don't define the person by the disability. You define the person and they happen to be disabled. So the athlete with a disability would come from 
all over the country to participate in this race and to barbecue with Dick and Rick Hoyt. And I attended the barbecue many years, and I'd look at what happened on Dick Hoyt's lawn on Mashapog, Lake Mashapog, is that what it's called? Um, And for one day, all the world seemed perfect. Mm -hmm. These mothers and fathers with their children who happened to have disabilities for one day realized that they weren't in this by themselves. They talked to other people who were going through the same challenges they go through. And it was beautiful. Like, think about this. If you were the, you know, in your case, Scott, if you were the only funny looking kid in your class, and then you realized <laughs> he was, you got together with other funny looking kids, yeah. all of a sudden you'd feel like you're not alone. But what I was going to say was, we brought a family here, Noah and Robert and Henrietta Brethauer from Holland, the country. Oh, and they, they, Noah is, has a disability. They introduced running with disabilities in Holland. So Robert and Noah are the Dick and Rick wow. of Holland meeting Dick and Rick of Holland. And it was, it was, I don't even know what that, that is. That's like just. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. I was going to say cathartic, but it's serendipitous. Serendipitous. So so I said earlier to you guys um, downstairs, Dick and Rick are the Abner Doubleday of assisted running. Abner Doubleday invented baseball. Mm -hmm. Dick and Rick invented assisted running. Further than that, what they did in the running community opened up disability awareness of many different kinds all over the world. So, you know, that it's not just a sports story. It's a story in acceptance in how we are. Um, I mentioned earlier that on uh, Rick's mother, Judy, who is kind of behind the scenes, she was um, integral in the passage of mainstreaming into school. So people with disabilities who are in our school classrooms, so they're not segregated or pigeonholed as disabled, they get to participate in our everyday world by being in our classrooms. And to me, that may be bigger than a guy pushing his son in a wheelchair. Yeah. It's amazing because, I, I mean, athletics as a whole is – not always, but you find it always compared or or, or um, coupled, right, with these stories of people getting together and, and overcoming things, and 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 athletics it just does that for people, and, and they were able to to take that, like you said, he wasn't a runner, so not, just that in and of itself, someone getting out there, like I, I know, you know, you've done a couple of races yourself, so. Um, yeah, I'm joking, Todd. No, I did. I ran. Oh, oh, oh. you don't know my you don't know my past history oh. pre-fat. Okay, I ran the Boston Marathon in 2002 as a oh, bandit. Rick nice. Hoyt laughs when I tell him that. Yeah. Whatever. I can as go on what? and on. A bandit. A bandit. A bandit was before you had to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Oh, you could get so. in the back of the pack and fake it. A la Rosie Ruiz, but I didn't take the Cash. trolley. Oh, you didn't, oh, I, I didn't take the trolley. I ran it all the way. I thought it was a trail. The last Even mile, the, oh, the you last run out there and no. just mix that to, to, and, Four hours, oh, 20 minutes. Gonna sweat on the last hour? Who's going to win this race? Oh, it's yes. somebody we we don't know. Is It started at, no, where did she come from? Well, now, right. it's, now it's Uber can drop you off. Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, do you want to go on about my sports career? Mm-hmm. I ran Mount Washington twice. Wow. Yeah. True. Well, no, wait, wait a minute. We did See? Mount Washington. Would you want to talk about that one? You yes. did it. What's that mean? <laughs> yeah. We, we drove it. We, we hiked, hiked it. it. I ran we it. it. We hiked it. Yeah. I ran it. Well, no. I tried hiking it. We stayed yeah, over I had a bumper sticker that said, <laughs> <laughs> this body ascended Mount Washington. People yeah. would laugh. Okay. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we, no, we did this, is, this, is a, this is a true story. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Ready. 
When I ran Mount Washington 2001, I was at the halfway point at the very same time the winner was. Unfortunately, he was on his way back down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you stuck stuck with it. So I get kudos to that. That's amazing. Were you done your little analogy there? Yeah. Okay, because I got a great Rick Hoyt story. We're gonna we're gonna bring a little happiness and humor Let's to this conversation. Bring it in, baby. Uh, yeah. You ready? Here we go. This is a great reel story. Reel it in. Reel it in. This is a great story. So, um, Russell, Rick's uh, younger brother, he has th- uh, two brothers, Russell and Rob, and they were athletes as well. Uh, Rick was the oldest, and um, Russell was a great high school wrestler. And one day, Russell picked Rick up um, after wrestling practice, and they stopped at McDonald's. Russell went into McDonald's, maybe pre-drive-thru, I'm not really sure, and he tossed his keys on the seat, locked the door, went into McDonald's to get his burger, came back out, and Rick was locked in the car. Now, again... Rick is a spastic quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. The keys are sitting like inches from Rick's hand. Jeez. He can't let his brother in the car, so they had to call the police. I believe the story went, though I may be paraphrasing or ad-libbing, sir, my older brother is stuck in the car, <laughs> and I need you to come get him, out. get him out. It's a funny story, but that must have been so frustrating for Rick. Totally. Knowing that he can do that. And knowing that he can't do it, but it's so close. Was it frustrating or was he was he laughing inside? He was laughing. Oh, uh, Rick had a <laughs> tremendous sense of humor. Tremendous sense of humor. Um, you know, and I think it was humor that um, allowed him to connect to the rest of the world. I saw many a time that Rick would be giving a speech. And again, keeping in perspective, Dick gave the majority of the speech. Rick spoke through his computer, and he would say to the kids, you know, the, the audience, do I look scary to you? Am I a monster? Right. What Rick wanted to do, and when I was Rick's, uh, I would go to events with Rick, and I would encourage people to come up and touch his shoulder or touch his hand so that they wouldn't be scared of him. Um, the things we don't know or the things we're uncomfortable about, we're often scared of. He's different than me. He must be scary. Is it contagious what he has? So the more comfortable we can get with Rick or anybody who has a disability, the better. I took Rick once to a Worcester Sharks game. And we, we have to touch on the story, Rick's relationship with the Boston Bruins, because it's, it's a great story. But Rick loved hockey. He believes that if he was not born with a disability, he would have been a professional hockey player. Well, now, how can we argue, right? right. I don't know sure. what I would have been if I wasn't short and fat, right. okay? <laughs> um, so I took him to a Worcester Sharks game and was sitting in the section where disabled people sit. And there were some people to our right who were um, severely disabled. Now, I hesitate because his Rick, nonverbal, spastic quadriplegic with cerebral palsy, and I'm making the judgment that he was less disabled than these other people. Right. Hmm. Now, the difference being the other people were not there with their friends. They were there with a, um, a an aide who was taking them there because it was their job. Right. And they, you know, my assessment is going to be they didn't know they were watching a hockey game. And I remember looking at Rick, and he looked over at them, and— I know what he was saying. He was saying how lucky I am because I'm here with my friend. Um, So, you know, there's different degrees of disability. Rick was a college graduate from Boston University, the first graduate of Boston University who was nonverbal. He majored in communications, which is kind of ironic, right? 
You think? But don't forget, communicating is not speaking. Communicating is communicating. Right. And nobody communicated better than Rick Hoyt. Wow. He communicated to the world that no matter what your situation, yes, you can. Yeah. Right. So that's, that. you know, just some some great stories. Uh, that's, an, that's an unbelievable story right there. And just for the record, um, you might be fat, but you're not that short. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's tr- very true. Five eight, John. Five eight, wide and tall. Why, what, what, no, that's what good. Did they say that. That's good. We're about it's, the same height, guy. Yeah, it's kind of like um, I'm ugly and I'm fat. Yeah, but I can lose weight and you can't get less ugly. Right? <laughs> it is true. I say that. It is you true. All, all of us say it. Okay, my Boston Bruins story. Ready? Because yeah. this is going to send shivers up your spine. Just send it. Okay. 1971, Rick Hoyt uh, had just gotten his tick machine. The tick machine was the Tufts Interactive Computer, which is the computer that allowed him to speak. Mm. And the way that one would work, that was one of the first, I guess, speech-to-text or vice versa computers. Um, Rick would hit individual letters with the side of his head. So they brought it home from Tufts University. It was designed specifically for Rick. And his parents were really excited to find out what his first words were going to be. Dick thought it was going to be, hi, Dad. His mom thought it was going to be, hi, Mom. And he just started to type out what they believed to be gibberish. G O B. R-U-I-N-S. Go Bruins. <laughs> the Bruins went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. Come on. Awesome. The Bruins went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. Wow. When the Bruins won again in 2011, 11. I was CC'd on an email from Andrew Ferentz, who was a Whoa. defenseman for the Bruins, mm-hmm. and happened to write the foreword to Matt Brown's book. And um, the email said this, Tim, Mr. Hoyt, I got your email address from Zdeno Chara, and... We're taking the Stanley Cup to Spalding Hospital, and we would like you and Rick to come as our guests. I was able to go to, and just fast forward, I met Matt Brown that day, who I ultimately did a book with about his paralysis playing hockey. But when I was there, Andrew Ferentz told us a story. Dick and Rick have a famous video called, um, it goes to the song, I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me. And it's a very powerful video. It shows Rick close up and, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's powerful. Makes you cry every time you watch it. Before the seventh game of the Stanley Cup against Vancouver, the Bruins played that in the locker room. And they came back to came back against Vancouver to win the seventh game of the Stanley Cup, and for the first time since two thousand and whatever I said eleven eleven no no one one oh two thousand one yeah. won the Stanley Cup. So Rick Hoyt was responsible indirectly for the last two Bruins Stanley Cup championships. Um, Just, you know, if you think about it, once again, these are professional athletes who were moved by a person who feet never touched the ground. One more story. No, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. So I met the Hoyts in 2008. And I did it kind of by chance. I was a sports blogger for the Bleacher Report. And I was writing typical sports stories about the Red Sox, about steroids, about salaries. And one of my friends said, I need to write sports with heart. And 
so I thought about, you know, what to write about. The first story I wrote was about a little person named John Young who was a triathlete. And that story was titled, I think it's the longest title in the history of sports blogging. It was called, It's Not the Size of the Dog in the Fight, but the Size of the Fight in the Dog, which was difficult to fit on the Worcester Telegram. It was too large a title, so I did it on the World Wide Web. And then I asked the Hoyts, can I do a story the with world the world? No, that's the, the information <laughs> yeah. superhighway. You've heard of it, right? It's called the internet. The internet. The yes. World Wide Web. Yeah. The World Wide Web. Yeah. Back then. So much stuff on that. Yeah. So then I asked the Hoyts, can I do a story? And they said, well, we only do three stories a year but we'll grant one to you. And I'm thinking, hang on for a second. I'm a sports blogger who has a follower of following of seven. (laughs) You're going to do a story with me, but they did fate serendipity. I don't know what you call it. I went and I did the story with Dick. And after I was done doing the story, I was walking out of the house and I said, you know, I'm unemployed right now. I have a lot of free time on my hand. There's this new thing called Facebook. Could I build a page for you? Okay. Pro bono, no charge. And they said, yes. Yes, you can, as a matter of fact. Mm. So I built it. They called me about a week later and they said, look, we're embarrassed to ask you this, but we have two tickets to a black tie affair where there would be a sports legend at every table. Would you and your wife join us? Now, my sports legends were Dick and Rick Hoyt, but at that event was Troy Brown. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been to that event many times, so I can't think who was there. Joe Morgan, who was former Patriots, I mean, a Red Sox uh, manager, many different um, Patriots especially. We went to the affair, uh, the affair and um, – my it felt like my baseball card collection had opened up and all the people there were sports celebs so at the beginning of the event all the vips went into the back room because they were going to sign posters to give to the other vips so there may have been 25 vips there each one got a poster signed by the 25 guys well i have big balls And so I walked into the back room with Dick and Rick. I pushed Rick's wheelchair, and I made believe that I was his attendant. (laughs) And I went back there, and Dick is signing the posters, and he's helping Rick sign by kind of holding Rick's hand and the pen, and they're signing posters. And then all of a sudden, Troy Brown and... It, I believe it was, uh, give me a second. Who is the big white tackle who has the shooting events now? Matt Light. Matt Light. And I want to say Vince Wilfork walked in, and they're bigger than life, chests yeah. out, six foot ten, huge. No, it was Joe Andruzzi. Oh. Okay. And all of a sudden they saw the Hoyts. And they came, their, their size shrunk, yeah. I swear. And they got human and they walked over to Dick Hoyt. And I get goosebumps when I tell the story. They walked over to Dick Hoyt and they said, Oh my goodness, Mr. Hoyt, it is such a pleasure to meet you. Wow. And Joe Andrewsy, I have pictures of this. Joe Andrewsy put his Super Bowl ring on Rick's fingers. And Rick could have probably fit three fingers into Joe Andrews' Super Bowl ring. But these guys were legends. And even the sports legends saw them as legends. So, again, look at these goosebumps. Mm. Um, They were amazing human beings. They, you know, they defied what they were supposed to do. They... They put everything in perspective about who's really a superstar. Right. Um, the Hoyts were the first duo team to ever complete the Ironman Triathlon in Kona, Hawaii. 
The Ironman Triathlon is 140.6 miles. It's a two-mile swim in which Dick swam with Rick harnessed to his back in a rubber raft. Wow. Really? And then a 112-mile bike ride and then a 26.2-mile marathon. You have to complete this in a certain time frame or they will kick you off the course if you don't reach each milestone. So the Hoyts were the first people to ever, the first duo team to ever complete the Ironman World Championship in Kona, Hawaii. And if you've never seen them finish that video, Rick's jubilation as they're running down the final stretch with champagne flying everywhere and Rick going, uh, I'm going to use the expression spastic with excitement because he's accomplished this event that you and I can't do with two legs. Um, One more thing, perspective, okay? The average triathlete weighs, let's say, 140 pounds. Dick was stocky. So he probably weighed 170. Rick about 100 is 270. And their bike about 110 pounds because it has to hold Rick, blah, blah. So while the normal guy is is pushing 140 of his own weight, Dick is pushing over 300 pounds through the heat Mm. of the lava fields in Kona, Hawaii. So once again, perspective I can do it, I am, no, I can't, but I can do an Iron Man and say I'm, am I, I'm an Iron Man, and Dick is doing it with another man strapped to his back. So, you know. Well, the things, that's, that's to, to the beauty of the father-son relationship, mm-hmm. you know, what, what you what would you do for your kids? Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. Hey, he, one day he asked, Dad, will you do this? And, and what did he say? It blossomed. Yes, what did he say? I yes, can. Yes, you can. I, yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I will. Yes, you can. And it made right. Rick so happy, you know? Yeah. That's the best part. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and thousands, thousands of people like Rick since then. If you go to a race now, yeah. there's a whole division. Right. I'm not talking about the people who are self-propelled. I mean, that's another sport in itself. Right. You know, a lot of people come back from the military and they're paralyzed and they right. do the self-propelled wheelchair. I'm not saying that that's easy. It's probably equally hard. But understand there's different divisions. That's a That's a self-propelled wheelchair. And this is a man pushing another person, a right. person, pushing another person in a wheelchair. The They were not accepted in these races. There's still fights that a lot of races put up because of insurance purposes that do not welcome really? this type person in, this type duo in the races. Dick had Dick was declined for being in the Boston Marathon for several years because the Boston Marathon, you have to qualify for. And there was no qualification criteria for a man pushing another man in a wheelchair. Hmm. So for the first couple of years, Dave McGilvery, who is still the um, director of the Boston Marathon and a great friend with the Hoyts, said, Dick, I can't let you in. I can let you in by yourself, but not pushing your son. Dick said, I don't do it without my son. So what happened is they went down to the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C., and the Boston Marathon had set up a criteria that said they can run it, but they have to qualify at Rick's age group. Mm. So here Dick was, 40 years old, and they said, you can do it, but you got to qualify as a 20-year-old pushing your 20-year-old son. Wow. And he did it. Two hours and 47 minutes pushing his son. And and from that point on, they were not only allowed in, but they were revered. They were honored at the 100th running of the Boston Marathon. Their statue sits at the starting line in Hopkinton. Mm. And 
I pray to God, and I, I think this will happen, they will be remembered as part of the Boston Marathon forevermore, like Johnny Kelly, who was a, you know, a multi-time runner, and Bill Rogers, and, and you know, so I'm, everything dies down over time, but I'm hoping that the Boston Marathon continues to honor the Hoyts as they should be because they're as much a part of the Boston Marathon as Hotbreak Hill. Right. Right. So yeah. You, yeah. You're just hoping it ends up being like the Bobby Orr statue. Yeah. You know? The statue will still yeah. be there, but, but you know, always someday. remember for that, that, you know, that one thing the Hoyts, right. Boston Marathon. Yeah. You know, Bobby Orr, that goal. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. That's the way it should be, too. Absolutely. That's what statues are for. They're, they're there to stay forever, right? Isn't that? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Sometimes. Well, at least I, I don't know about that. Uh, no, no, we're going to go uh, into this. Uh, I don't know about forever, but. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Rocky's statue. It's certainly right, for a, right, <laughs> right. Certainly for a very long time. And Rocky's came down. I mean, this story yeah. is so inspirational, and uh, we appreciate you being here to tell us everything that you've just said. And when you think about what the Hoyts mean, again, not only for the Boston Marathon and for this uh, area that that we live in here, and what it, what it has transcended uh, across the world, and for everyone who are athletes with disabilities, you know, you can't measure that honestly. And what what I what I find interesting, honestly, is that they what they did was not to inspire anyone; they did it for themselves to prove to themselves that that's what they wanted to do. And through that, we are inspired by them. And I, I think that's that, that it, we, we ought to take note of that, honestly, because, you know, when you are a pioneer, you don't care what anyone else thinks. You are doing what you need to do for yourself, for your son, and that relationship. And we can just sit in awe of what actually happened at that point. And then when they realized what they meant to the entire world, they could sit back and appreciate that. But at the beginning, when they needed to do what they needed to do, that was for themselves and what they felt was right at the time. And we can just sit back and say, wow, that was amazing. That was amazing what they did. And now they have paved the way for so many to come after them. And it's because of what they did is going to allow for everyone else to appreciate what that what they can do mm -hmm. again. Yes, we can. Absolutely. Yes, we can. I mean, if that doesn't epitomize the never stop getting it, and obviously that's adding on, that's, that's something for us to live up to. You know, the yes, you can statement in every form of life. But it was such an inspirational story. And Todd, I want to say thank you. As a podcast, we love having you on. We love your stories. And it's been a fantastic journey so far. I mean, the stories you share, the books that you've been writing is so inspirational. And uh, we thank you for being on the show. We hope you keep doing it. And again, thank you so much. Uh, absolutely my pleasure. Um, I, this is a highlight for me. Um, one of the things that I love talking about more than anything is me. <laughs> right. We know yeah. that. It's we me. know that. Yeah. But no, we, we, it, Steve said it, man. We appreciate. And I, uh, you know, when we were talking pre uh, uh, podcast today, and you were talking about how you know the butterfly effect and 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 how them coming into your life, you would have never met these people. These people. That is truly, and I, I've said it on the podcast before in, in talking about you. And I don't really say it to you because I know. Your head will be get just yeah, bigger and bigger, huge, yeah. but bigger um, than that. Yeah, that's big yeah. head. Uh, yeah, but I think honestly, I mean, th you have definitely been one of my favorite people to meet because of the, the people that you brought into our life. We would never have talked to the people that we have on the podcast, and 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 hear their stories and and be able to to talk to them and listen to them and get inspired and pass it on to our three listeners. It, yeah. It's it's just, <laughs> <laughs> but but understand, and this is going full circle here. Yeah, if Dick Hoyt and 
Kathy, his office manager, didn't say yes to me, I wouldn't have met any of these people. people, I've written, for for those who haven't listened before, I've written 70 books or more. I don't even, I keep saying 70. I don't even know if that's the number anymore. I've written 70 books, many of them about people with disabilities. And in 2008, though I had a writing acumen, I had never written a book. 15 years later, I've now written 70 books. And again, not it's not a money-making venture. Right, right. It's, it's, Here's the here's the tagline for my little publishing company. I help provide a voice for those who need to be heard. Right. Okay. So this is a. Uh, I don't want to say it's philanthropic because it's I, I make some money on these, but the people I've been allowed to meet, you guys, um, you know. Uh, the thousands of nameless people, um, you know, th- that aren't famous, but but my life has been forever enhanced right. because of the Hoyt said yes. Otherwise, I'd be sitting at home watching Wheel of Fortune like like so many other people are. But you know, I go to the Boston Marathon every year. I I get to meet some really cool people. Um, because I've met them, it allows me to pass their stories on to you in, you know, you get to speak to these really cool people. So it's 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 pay it forward. Um but one thing I do want to touch on that that um John mentioned, or didn't mention, but it popped into my head. Remember this for every Rick Hoyt who achieves fame as a result of their disability, there's thousands of people with disabilities sitting in their dark, squalid room mm-hmm. yeah. dealing with their disability. Um, there's also many people who are, comp- who are accomplished with disabilities, but not because they're athletic, just because you have a disability doesn't mean you inspire, and it doesn't mean you necessarily want to inspire. Right. You just want to be. You want to, you know, think about this. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a friend of mine, Adriana Malosi. Adriana is has cerebral palsy. She uses wheelchair. Um, some degree of spasticity. Um, she's an inventor. She invents things to help other people with their disabilities. She's not going to get famous unless it just goes, you know, Elon Musk. She's not going to get rich unless it goes Elon Musk. But she gets up every morning and she, I don't want to say she deals with her disability. That's like saying you deal with your non-disability. She just wants to work. She lives life. She's not. She, she lives life. She grinds it out. She, yeah. you know, I watch Adriana, and it's painful for me because she really has to work hard to get out a sentence and right. to, you know. But for every Rick Hoyt, there's an Adriana, and for every Adriana, there's a John Smith sitting in a. I don't know. Sometimes they're put into homes because their parents don't right. want to deal with it. So disability is not glamorous like it is with Rick Hoyt or, you know, Matt Brown, people who have created a platform because of their disability. Disabilities um a fact of life. Um, but, you know, I guess, I guess, I don't know what my message is here. Um, we're we're all re- we're all we pe- are. we're all regular people too, and we we all need to be loved. Yeah, frankly, bueno, perfect. Yeah. yeah, well done, well said. I don't know about you, John, but oh, well, hey, yeah, no, you know, yeah, it's all about the love. Okay. All right, guys, you have anything else you want to add? You think we nailed it or what? I cool. say we nailed it. If people don't like this one, they're not yeah. listening. Yeah. yeah, they don't have any hearts. No hearts. 
No hearts. This this is great, Todd. Thank you again for being our guest. And uh, this is not going to be the last time. We we can't wait till you're a a guest again. So thank you. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Speaking of which, we do have an event coming up that I'm very excited about. Okay, we can go there. So let's touch on that for a little bit. We got got a few more minutes. Okay. All right, so Father's Day weekend, June 9th. Well, first of all, June second. Uh, yes, June second. June second, yep. you have something coming up. June second, we have the first ever Italian buffet comedy dinner at the Spencer Country Inn, Spencer, Massachusetts. Nice. Um, uh, starring Steve Sweeney, who is just so incredibly funny. I did a little post today. Steve has been. Steve starred in uh, Me, Myself, and My Irene. Yep. He starred in um, a couple other movies, which escape me right now, and yet has said that this is going to be the highlight of his career, appearing at the former Coventry Hall, Spencer Country Inn in Spencer, Mass. He's going to be with Johnny Peasy, who is my close friend and business partner, owner of Johnny Peasy's LOL Comedy Club in North Andover, Mass. Former guest. On the Never Stop Getting a Podcast. Absolutely. We're going to get Steve Sweeney on, too. Steve. Steve, Love it. Oh, we can make that happen, but you know he swears. That's fine. Oh, what the fuck? Can't have that. Yeah, Yeah. can't have that. FCC would be all over your ass. (laughs) That's fucking bullshit. That is fucking bullshit. People swear assholes anyway. (laughs) Oh, no shit. (laughs) Um, And also, singer Billy Vizzullo. Pazzullo. Pizzullo. It's a whole Italian theme, in case Got you it. didn't okay, get it yeah, there. Meatballs, some linguine, okay. blah, blah, blah. How does Steve Sweeney fit into that Italian theme? Oh, um, I think he grew up in the North End. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, good yeah. point. Yeah. Never thought of that. Yeah. Then on June 9th, I'm calling, you call it the Father's Day comedy show. I call it the Never Stop Getting It comedy oh, show. Okay. Now, if we don't start selling some tickets, it's never going to happen. I would, I would show. call it the Father's <laughs> never, Day comedy show. Never stop happening. Never <laughs> stop happening. Yeah. We can postpone it if we need to, but that's not the goal. The goal is to go. Yeah. It's at the Webster Dudley American Legion or yes. VFW? American, American Legion. Legion. Okay, American Legion in Webster Dudley. For those of you who want to know, Dudley, Massachusetts, former home of Fat Alberts. Bar, mm-hmm. which I mud wrestled at when I was 19 years old, uh, sophomore at Syracuse University. It must have been a sight. Just You're saying. welcome. Just yep. saying. Thank you. You're welcome. I went home without underwear on. Oh. My mother didn't believe it. Oh. But anyhow, so June 2nd, Spencer. I have a daughter, not a son. <laughs> what? what she can't was. believe it. I have a daughter, not a son. That's true. <laughs> June 2nd, Spencer. Yes. June 9th, Webster. Webster. Be there. Get your tickets at Eventbrite. Um, I know that the link for the Eventbrite in Spencer is comedy at spencercountryin.eventbrite.com. Also the longest title ever for any. Yeah, it's like that story I did of... John I Young. think it's available at the door. What did you just say? You know what? There, a ticket's available at the door. I need to think this through because we need to give them. Here's what I'll say: we need to give a head count right. of how many meals are being served by Monday, but we will continue to sell comedy show only tickets at the door. Okay. Nice. So you got to come a little later, gotcha. but we'll let you see the comedy. We just won't let you eat. Is the, and that's only for the second, the ninth. That's for the open. second. There's no food on the ninth. There is drink galore. Right. They have a bar. They have a bar, yeah. Okay. What is the um, lineup? The, well, the lineup for Webster yep. is? Stephanie Peters. Oh, my goodness. You talk about Peters. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. All night long. Sounds Stephanie. like a book. She's hilarious. She's hilarious. That's awesome. Who else? Oh, we got Jimmy Cash. Jimmy Cash is like the, um, his his thing is he's a comedic janitor. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I yeah. like that. Who else? And then Phil Volano? Phil Volanino. Volanino. He is a magician slash comic. Yep. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yep. 
I think the lineup's better in Webster than it is in Spencer. Because we got no, we got two high quality comedians in Spencer. Yeah, but then you get a singer. That's true. Okay, you got three comics. Oh, hopefully, he doesn't listen to this podcast because they don't. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Come on, okay, what are the odds? We got two what? high quality comedians. We got a singer. Let's just yeah, a singer. Do. I mean, honestly. I might do a little shtick oh, at the start. Right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff oh, I can talk about early. about Spencer. Drove get there early. I, no, actually, the, I'm the, the MC of both events. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Excellent. It was supposed to be Scott, but Scott, you can do that. You, <laughs> you can do the MC. The MC. What? The, I don't what? know anything about MCing. <laughs> no, you MC just say. You just oh, dance MC. around oh, like him. Just dance around. Yeah. No, you just you introduce the comics and maybe drop a little humor here and there. Here and there. Is it going to be alcohol? <laughs> <It's> alcohol. <Yeah. laughs> All right. So these tickets, the one on the ninth, the twenty dollars each, and they're available at neverstopcomedy.eventbrite.com. So never stop comedy. Never stop comedy. I think it was too long if I did never stop getting it comedy. <laughs> Right. So never stop comedy is, I mean, we don't want to stop comedy. No, no never. No. Keep on coming. Let's go. And tickets so do will be again. available for that at the door. Yeah, let's keep doing it. Yeah. Let's get the fannies in I mean, the you seats. want to get, yes, we want to be able to have the show. So pre, pre-buying them gives us an idea that we can continue with the show. Um, can we also touch on um, whose brother are we supporting? No, so, we don't yeah. care about that one. No, it's important. Oh, 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 it's yeah. John's brother. Okay, tell us. I bet. That yeah, show. That, that is the um, uh, golf tournament at, at the uh, last uh, Friday in August at Blissful Meadows Country Club. Do we have a team? And uh, so that is going to be for um, Autism Speaks. That is a, a, a charity which my, my brother has... Um, affiliated with for several years now, and that's going to happen at the end of August. So we're looking forward to that golf tournament. And believe me, those who have been there know how awesome that golf tournament is. I mean, there's Hooters girls, uh, air cannons, uh, putting contests. Oh, it's just it's Johnny Peasy. It's 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 phenomenal. Johnny Peasy will be there this year. This year, the comedian who will be there. For the steak dinner, which happens at the end of the tournament, is going to be Johnny Peasy. So we're very much looking forward to that event. And so if we're going to plug that in right now, let's do it. Hold on. I think there's another missing... guest too, right? Is Rachel Barcelona? No, she's not able to attend. Oh, she's not God. able yeah. to attend. She wasn't able But, John, I think what uh, he was actually handing it off to you for was what the 50-50 raffle the comedy show was going to be. And that was gonna oh, be. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you were talking no, about. No, no, you just yeah, yeah you. Took well, but it's. Yeah. But it's we need to know that. Same event. Yeah. But the fifty-fifty raffle is gonna be dedicated to to autism, to autism speaks. speaks. Okay. Yeah. And and I've done the math. So based on ticket sales so far, I think we're gonna be donating about four dollars to Perfect. autism speaks. Yeah. Well, no, so, we'll, we'll be no, we're we'll, gonna we'll, get we'll okay. We'll sell more. We'll match it. Okay. You match eight bucks. Yeah. Okay. Got it. You guys. Are, we'll be fine. We will match we'll dollar for dollar what we're going to do oh, there for the 50-50. Hold on. Yeah, relax. <laughs> uh, do you golf, Todd? I do the mini golf. See, really? he's like my dad. My dad, He uh, they had a golf tournament for work one year. This yeah. was the Signa Brothers. Yeah. And I forget where they played, but he told me this story about it. My dad doesn't golf by any means. But he showed up the golf tournament because obviously there was free food and drinking. Of course. Yeah. And he shows up there with his buddy with croquet mallets. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That did, that did not go over well with people. Do, do you know, I'm, I don't golf, but I would, I don't, I love the phrase, he's a duffer. Don't you guys use that in golf? Well, if you duff a shot, that means you just didn't hit it very well. Oh, and then I just, don't like yeah. that phrase, he's no. a duffer. <laughs> no. No, you, I thought I did. Oh, no, no, you mean fluffer. Fluffer. <laughs> fluffer. I fluff. Yeah, My God, I, nobody fluffs like I do. My goodness. But he's a duffer. I like yeah, that. Yeah, no, duffer's not good. I dove it. I love it. Um, what about, um, what's it called when you like, well, I just answer my own question. When you hook it, that would be called hooking it, right? Yeah, yeah, you just hook it. You, you hook, you hook it. Hook and slice. Hook and slice. Or slice. Okay. How is Darren Dodge as a golfer? Yeah. 
He's actually not bad. He's actually getting lessons right now. So really? He's, he's improving. Okay. So I've uh, heard. we got to get out there then. But he's yeah. definitely one of the guys that I we we golf often. Okay. Not very good, but yeah. we golf. You ever get a hole in one? Well, on the course? Yeah, in golf? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no? In no. life? life. <laughs> yeah. My goodness. I have, I have gotten a hole in one in life. You guys yeah. never stop um, getting it, do you? No. no. I, I did Try get a hole in one on a, a par three course, which really doesn't count, though. Like on a regular course? No, I, had, I didn't get a hole in one. I, um, I get frustrated with the golf because I frequently hit the windmill when it goes around or the mm. clown's legs close too fast. The clown's you know, legs? No, you gotta, yeah. get the, you gotta get in the clown's mouth. In the clown's mouth. The clown's Maybe legs. that was the goal. The clown's wow. legs close I, too fast. Wow. You were way off. <laughs> you didn't win that hole. Jeez. Where, where are you playing mini golf at? Yeah, uh, nowadays. Slut and Sutton, actually. Slut and Sutton. All right, that explains it. All right, on that note, yeah. so Todd, again, thank you so much. A very inspirational story about Dick and Rick Hoyt, especially Rick, and he's truly missed. And, uh, again, we thank you for sharing your stories with us, and I'm sure everybody else is going to love them too. Absolutely. I I would just say our condolences do go out to the family, and our thanks go out also to the family to to see what you inspire going forward. We've talked a lot about stories from the past and and, and gave some light on that, but their their story will – it undoubtedly go forward and it's exciting to see what comes of that yeah dick and rick hoyt have been inspirations to all of us and thank you for sharing your stories todd we really appreciate it and uh booyah godspeed all right todd never stop getting it thank you for joining us on another episode of the never stop getting it podcast and join the community on facebook Never Stop Getting It and Twitter at Never Stop Getting It and of course, NeverStopGettingIt.com